Howdy there. I'm Matt McKinley and we're burning daylight. Good morning, burning daylight people. How are we doing? It is a beautiful day here in western Nevada. Uh, the sun is shining, got just a little bit of overcast skies. Uh, nice and cool this morning. And a lot of hay on the ground, a lot of hay being picked up, so smells good everywhere, and uh, I think it's going to be a good one today. I had a request from, or not a request, a comment from a fella named Colt on, uh, I shared my post on a group called uh, Pen Riders and Feedlot Cowboys. <clears throat> And that's a, it's a pretty good group. You should go join it if uh, you haven't. Uh, there, there's a lot of, you know, trading and selling going on. And then kind of some memes and stories. And So I, I posted my one of my episodes up there. And this guy Colt commented on it. Said he liked the, liked the show. But it was kind of... I had to make him work to go listen to it. Because... It has an explicit uh, content label on my podcast. He was not able to download it on his company phone. It was blocked from downloading explicit content. And uh, so he had to do a Google search or something and find it another way. And I apologize about that. And I guess I don't have to put the explicit uh, lyric on there or the, you know, the label but the way the social medias are going right now, <clears throat> and not just social medias, but you know the your big platforms where you get your uh, your content, whether it be music or videos or podcasts, whatever whatever the case may be, you know they they are uh, they have really been cracking down on what they call hate speech and and whatever. And so I, I'm just going to try to stay ahead of the curve. I'll let people know right up front that this is not a family-friendly show. I'm a family man, but I'm also also a working man. And uh, and I just so happen to work in an industry where it's okay to, to throw around a couple of fucks here and there. And, and that's kind of... Not all cowboys talk like that. Not all buckaroos talk like that. Some are very... Uh, very traditional, old school, and uh, they don't swear, but the vast majority of them, they just, they're just a bunch of regular guys and gals, and they, they don't filter a whole lot, and neither do I, so, if you're having trouble finding me because of something like that, I apologize, but it is what it is, I'm not going to censor myself, and I'm not going to, uh, to mislead any potential listeners as to what I'm I'm doing here. So, yeah, I'm gonna say fuck quite a bit, and I'm gonna let people know. So that way they're uh, they're not surprised when they're listening into the listen listening to it in the car with uh, with some young kids in there, and they, you know, now you know. They should know anyways, but uh, it is it's not a family podcast. Or not kid friendly, I should say. And 
Once again, I apologize if you're having trouble finding it, but there's plenty of outlets out there to get it. You know, we're, I, I send everybody to Spotify because that's the one I like. Uh, but I guess we're now on Apple. I, I didn't get a notification or an email or anything from the Anchor app telling me that we were accepted on the Apple. But in the little analytics page, it shows you know, where most people or where everybody's listening to it at. And just today I noticed that it said uh, Apple Podcasts. So cool. Kudos to you, Apple, for finally getting us on your platform. And just so you know, Apple, it does include explicit content, meaning I curse pretty frequently. And there may be some controversial type uh, subject matter in there. Not so much that it should be controversial, but it's just the world we live in. So anything doing uh, anything to do with subject matter to the right of. Uh, Joseph Stalin is considered uh, controversial anymore, so I'm far to the right of uh, Joseph Stalin, so this is probably pretty controversial, but um, anyway, thank you for your feedback and your comment there, Colt, and uh, just just wanted you to know that I, I listened to it, I took it into consideration, your point has been noted, um, but as of right now, I'm not going to change the way I do it, and uh, if that doesn't work for you, I'm, I'm, I apologize, and hate to lose a listener, but if that, you know, if that's what it has to be, that's what it has to be, but I'm just trying to be transparent, open, honest about what I'm doing, and I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna censor myself either, because I don't think it'd be as interesting, I, I could clean it up, I, I grew up in a, in a very church-going household, very very proper type upbringing so I can clean it up if I need to but I just I don't think it'll be as interesting the stories are not going to flow as well if I can't just say what's on my mind so now you know where I'm coming at and uh hey thanks for listening or uh must be doing something right the the numbers keep keep creeping on up and uh getting gathering a little bigger chunk every day it seems like so I'm just, I'm thrilled to death about all of it, so thank you guys, and uh, let's have a good show today. I mentioned the runaway runaway horses the other day, and then my my cousin and my nephew immediately gave me shit for not telling the story about the dun horse, and, uh, and I guess they're right, because... This was the perfect example of just a stampede and runaway cocksucker. So, sit back, get comfortable, and let me tell you about just a real, just, piece of shit horse. <laughs> so, my dad, as I've said before, he, he raised a lot of horses, and he had some really nice broodmares. And probably our, my favorite broodmare anyways that that we've had was uh of course we called uh little sister and she was poca bueno and go mango bread she's a little linebacker done there and just sweet as could be always through really nice babies i uh i started uh four or five 
of her cult, probably. And uh, she was she was just a really nice horse. She got she got hit by a uh, a semi when my dad was uh, campaigning for Congress back in '96, I believe is when that was. He was, he was out campaigning, and the lady that was riding her ended up, like, brushing up against a, a hot wire fence, and it made her buck, obviously, and she bucked out into a, the highway, and the semi, and the semi hit her, but the trucker, he, he saw the thing coming, and he was trying to get her shut down, and just almost did, but he just kind of tapped her, and it snapped her ankle, and she wasn't ever sound to ride after that. So she just became brooding there, but she had man, she had some really nice colts, and uh, they're just even tempered, sweet. You know, didn't buck much. I mean, they 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 would every now and then, uh, you know, in the first thirty days, but then that was pretty well it. <clears throat> and uh, they always they were always just kind of in your pocket type horses until her last one, little sister, died here a couple years ago. Uh, but she she threw this this little red dun colt a little stud colt and he was probably the best looking uh, colt she ever had I mean he was man he was a good looking sucker he was he was a red dun you know just pretty moderate uh size to him you know he probably about 15 hands and just a big hip real pretty head and batshit crazy eyes there there was something just seriously uh wired wrong in his head i mean he was he was just a goofy prick so my nephew tucker is pretty damn good hand with a horse uh, this, this little stud colt was given to him, and Chuck took him and started him, and he, I don't remember how long he had to run him around the round pen to, to get him to, to where he was able to catch him. I mean, he, he worked and worked and worked with this sucker, and finally he got him caught, bucked like hell, I think he bucked him off a time or two. And, uh, but eventually he got him riding around pretty good. <clears throat> and he took him down to college in, uh, in New Mexico. And he, uh, he was riding him down there at the sale barn and, uh, he was on the rodeo team. And he just, uh, he was getting along okay. And then I guess. He had a little bit of time off that that colt did, and then he uh, he went to go catch him, and it was like starting back over at day one, is what Tuck said. So anyway, he he ended up back at my dad's place, and I uh, I'd moved out here to Nevada, and I'd only brought my Clara mare with me. That was the only horse I owned at the time, and I was riding her pretty good, and we we weren't we weren't terribly busy so I, I i was riding her basically every day and but she was like i said we weren't busy so she wasn't overworked 
but we were we were starting to get busy and uh, so I needed I needed some new horse flesh and I didn't have a whole lot of money at the time because I just moved the family across the country and now I'm headed back across the country to uh, to go to my little sister's wedding so I didn't have much money to buy a horse but my dad had some that needed road and uh, so that horse was Tucker's and uh, I asked him what he was gonna do with him and uh, and he said well if you can you can make a horse out of him go ahead I said, well if he's a good enough looking horse be you know if he comes around and gentles up some you know if we can make him pretty handy then I can sell him we'll, we'll just split split the sale of him and uh, that was the plan and that's what we did although we uh, we had some, some kind of pie in the sky hopes for them and they, they didn't really pan out so we, we both ended up with about 80 bucks in our pocket so this this little bastard we I, I uh, we drove drove to my dad's place and uh, I we we get the horses in and I we sort this horse off and kick him into a little corral off to the side and it took me a good 45 minutes of of lunging well not lunging because I didn't have him caught but just dipping around that little corral to where I could get a halter on him and then it took me like another couple hours probably had to rope the back foot and tie it so that I could I could throw a saddle on him and then I just I left him saddle so he could soak for a day and he he had thrown himself down and just I mean he was just a royal prick and we anyhow we, we got him in the trailer hauled him back to Nevada and this this was like uh, it was October I guess so we finally got a, we were, we were super busy when I got back, and so he, he just stood in the stall for, for about two weeks. I finally got, we got caught up enough to where I could, uh, and I had a day off where I could just go work with him, and it started out as a kind of a circus. I didn't really have a round pin. I had some, you know, some feedlot water pins that I could have worked him in, but they're all square, and, uh, and I thought I had him kind of, kind of gentle down enough to where I could do a little driving on him. I like to, I like to get some driving reins, and it works better in the in a round pin. But you can do in a pinch. Well, I went to flip that <clears throat> rein over his butt so I could get him lunging a little bit, and he freaked the fuck out. Away he went, <clears throat> and <laughs> had two 30-foot uh, driving reins dragging behind him. And I mean, and when this sucker would, would take off running, I mean, it was like he was just, I don't even think he was seeing it. I've been staring, I st stared down at him, or stared up at him as, as he was bearing down on me a couple times when he when he'd getting those, those little flight responses. And, uh, and I honestly don't think he saw anything. He just, I mean, his nostrils were flaring, his eyes were kind of rolled back in his head, and he was just running. 
So that's kind of what this one was, and he's got my my driving reins dragging behind him, and so I I hop on a four wheeler and go turn him around and, and get him caught, and uh, and it happens about two more times, and I finally I said fuck it, and I I took him over a water pin and just stepped on him, and uh, and he tried to run off, but I got him got him gathered up, and I took him out into the desert. And I rode him for probably close to 20 miles. I mean, I, I really lathered him up pretty good. And and then I had him riding around pretty good. He was acting kind of nice. He was actually watching a cow pretty good. Kind of a handy little horse. And then he... I went back to Kansas to go deer hunting. And took a week off. And I, and I, you know, I even had to, I even had him where I was swinging a rope off him, and he didn't mind me swinging it, he didn't mind me throwing the rope, but he, he kind of buggered when I was, when I was coiling it back up, you know, I guess it looked like a snake or something to him, but, but overall, you know, I had him pretty well desensitized, he, he didn't, he didn't even, uh, flick an ear back when, when the loader would go by or a feed truck when the air brakes would, would go off and you know he he worked the uh, worked the gates and the, the the working facilities really well you know big heavy loud gates and they especially like the tub uh you know it, it's on a spring that little stopper so it, as you swing your gate shut it's clanging up against metal and you know it's just loud and uh perfect reason for a horse to spook but he was like he was pretty good with all that not much issue he bucked every now and then but it was it was more like a running buck you know he'd, he'd just take off running kind of kind of kick out a couple times it wasn't anything hard to ride and you just you know you'd sit back and pull on his mouth a little bit and he'd he'd come to stop and then you uh, you could you could circle him around a couple times each ways and and he was he was good so i uh go back to Kansas to go hunting. I think I was gone almost almost two weeks. There is a little over a week. Something like that. And uh, I, I kicked him out into a big pen with uh, the company horses and all the rest of my horses. And and just let him that way the, the other cowboys didn't have to worry about cleaning the stall or, or feeding him or anything. While I was gone they just they just had free feed uh just put a bale in there, let him free feed it, and got back, he didn't want to be caught, so I ended up, like, putting him in the alley, and getting him cornered up again, you know, at the, at the end of the alley, and got him caught, finally, but, and it was exactly like Tucker had experienced, he was, like, starting right back over at day one, he was trying to run off on me when I would, when I'd go catch a stirrup, and so I ended up, driving him around again and uh i didn't take him back out in the desert because i mean he, he he came back to a little quicker than uh you know the first time i'd started him you know it only took about five ten minutes of, of some groundwork before i could step on and, and get back to it but then like, he he still remembered everything it's not like he lost it you know i could still i had him neck raining around i was riding him in a little uh little short shank snaffle and a and a running martingale 
and he would still, and so I had him neck reining and, uh, and everything, you know, just one hand making side pass, you know, he, he was moving off my feet and everything, but he was just, it was different. Like, he, he was just chargy as hell, spookier than he, than he had been, and I'm, it was like, uh, it was like I was riding, and he was, ooh, I think, five at the time, so, I mean, he, he was young, but he wasn't super young, but he was acting about like Maggie was doing the other day, just, I mean, just wanting to run, and, uh, but, but worse about it, I mean, he was running through, through the bit, and I'm mean, just constantly checking him up, and, uh, <laughs> which you, you come to expect out of a two or three year old, you know, they, they don't know anything, but this, this dude already had, I don't know how much time Tucker put on him, but well over 30 days, I want to say like 60, 90 days he had on him. I had already put 60 days on him at that point, and you know, he should have just been, uh, should have been coming around, but, but he wasn't, and he, he was just, man, he would, he would try to run off. So we, this was December when this happened, like kind of middle, right around Christmas, I believe, and he, he was being a kind of a jackass that morning, and I, uh, I was riding a pin of, uh, of, uh, colored heifers, you know, uh, when I say colored, I mean not holstered. Uh, they were beef, beef heifers, and I had this little Hereford that I was trying to pull, and, uh, she was kind of a crossbred of something, but she, she looked, looked like a Hereford, wild as shit, I mean, just high-headed, and wanting to run, and so I'm, I got, giving her, you know, pretty wide berth, and she, she was just wanting to run, and every time she would take off, I'd try to, you know, just trot, try to, you know, big circle around her to, you know, beat her to the fence. I wasn't trying to beeline it across. I was just trying, trying to work her as, as slow as I could, but she had a really wide flight zone, so I wasn't getting along very well because every time I'd just try to, you know, catch a little trot, this little bastard was trying to run. And I, and it was, it had rained or snowed recently, and the pen, and it's winter, so the pens are not the best condition, and it was slick that morning. It wasn't terrible, but it was, it was slick, and so you kind of got to be careful. And I, I remember telling him, I was like, slow down, you prick, you're gonna, you're gonna wreck us here. Well, sure enough, <clears throat> he goes to running off, and I... I tried to check him up, and he he goes to sit his to sit his ass down, and uh, his feet come out from under him, and down we go. And wouldn't you know it, my my toe hangs up in the stirrup, and he drugged me for about four strides before I finally got kicked loose, and you know I was able to keep my head off the ground, so for the most part, so I didn't nothing. A little bit sore the next morning, but other than that, nothing doing. And 
Well, as soon as I got kicked loose, that sucker hit the turbocharger. I mean, uh, the afterburners, whatever the fuck it was. But, I mean, he, you could almost see smoke coming off him. I mean, he was hauling ass. And there was, he got to the, the cross alley there. And there was two gates set in front of him. And he, you just heard a clang, clang. And he, he just blasted right through both of them way he went he tried to try to run through the gate at the end of the pin uh or at the end of the alley and it had a great big log chain on it so he wasn't able to he wasn't able to crash through that one and it kind of kind of clotheslined him a little bit and then the kid that was riding pins with me that day he got him gathered up and brought him back to me and uh well, it needs some miles. It's just gonna be kind of a kind of a train wreck. So I I ride him again. I get back on him, and uh, and he kind of settles down a little bit. But he's just you know he's just quivery the whole time, and he's not really trying to run, but he's just a ball of nerves. And uh, so later on in the day, is about an hour or so later, I. Uh, I step off to take a leak, and uh, and I've got the I've got the rain in my hand, and do my business, and then I, I pull out my knife to scrape some of the shit off the the tread of my stirrup because it was like I said it was it was kind of slick, kind of wet, and uh, it was caking up on my my stirrup and wasn't comfortable, and and I'd already been hung up once, so I just want to get hung up again and uh so well as soon as as soon as that knife blade hit the stirrup he pulled away and off to the races he went again he hit the gate at the end of the alley tumbled back backwards stood up spun around the other way and came right back at me like I said I, I saw him I saw him real up close and personal I tried to step out and holler at him and get him stopped but he wasn't even seeing me I mean his, his eyes were just rolled back and he was he was just running I mean it was a true just flight response and he hits the end of the alley and there's the this this cowboy alley is made out of, or you know, is lined with uh, hog panels, and he flips over. He hits the end of there, flips over, and takes off running again. And, and this time he's out. He is not contained at all. So he he ends up running up and down the perimeter fence of the the feed yard, you know, barbed wire fence. Kind of scrapes himself up a little bit. Uh, snapped a couple of my saddle strings. Didn't do any any major damage. You know, scraped it up a little bit, but nothing, nothing other than a saddle string broke. And but hey, he really kind of boogered himself up. And so I I get back on him as well. I'm sorry, you prick. We're at the farthest point away out in the yard, away from the horse barn. So I, I'm not walking back there. So I'm riding your ass. I don't care if you're. If you're a little sore, you did it to yourself. So, we're riding back to the barn. I step off there, 
and away he pulls again and takes off running. So it was off to the races again. I go grab a four-wheeler and zip around him, get him corralled, and then lead him back to the barn behind the four-wheeler at a at a long trot. And then I let him sit for another week because he, he said he boogered himself up pretty good. Didn't didn't really cut anything, but there was a lot of swelling, and he was he was sure enough stoved up. So I let him heal up, try to get back on him again, and. When you were on his back, you were fine. As long as you could, you know, you had a good hold of his head, you could keep him from running off. But every time you, every time I would step off, I had to make sure I was in some place that could contain him because he was going to pull away and run the fuck off and and crashed in the gates and and finally I saw, I called Tuck and I said, hey man, I'm I'm going to take him to the sale because. Uh, He's he's just an outlaw piece of shit, and he said, "Yeah, I don't blame you. I uh, you lasted longer than I thought." Well, he was really kind of coming around nice, and then and then he just something something screwed up in his head, and uh, yeah, it was it was it was a shame because he was a he had a lot of potential, good looking, colored horse. A lot of speed that that go man go is a running quarter horse and the the stud his daddy was a was a running bred quarter horse and he was go man go and like jet deck or something like that just uh but just really really a nice nice even tempered stud so it, it just made no sense why this this particular animal was was so fucking wild, but he was. And anyway, I took him to Fallon Sale Barn, and I think we we sold him for about two hundred and twenty dollars, and minus the brand inspection, and the brand inspection, and the commission, and all that. I think we ended up. We ended up netting about $160, and uh, <laughs> I sent sent Tucker his his share in a in a birthday card. It was a really cheesy birthday card. I think Tuck still has it, and <laughs> that was one of those ones where it just, they're just. I don't know if any anybody was going to turn that horse around and there's always a myth that it's it's never the horse's fault it's always the rider and a lot of times that's true I mean it's probably a majority of the time it is true but this was not one of those cases that horse was just sure enough a piece of shit outlaw and uh, I don't know if he was a little oxygen deprived in the womb or what but he there's something not right in his head and and he was one of those ones that, you know, he he was he could kill a guy if he wanted to. I mean, he he, I got him over the uh, kicking part. He would kick, but I bet mean, he was fucking lethal with those back feet. But anyway, he's gone. I know I know the lady that bought him was gonna try to make him into a rope horse or a barrel horse or something. I don't know. I'd I'd kind of be interested to find out, but. I'm not super interested.
XP was just a no good piece of shit. Today's show is brought to you, once again, by the D-Bags. Don't be a gunsel. And um, I've had a few comments on what a gunsel is. And uh, typically a gunsel is kind of kind of described as somebody who looks like a cowboy, dresses like a cowboy, but overall don't know what the fuck they're doing. And, uh, and they're pretty prevalent anywhere you go and some people have different names for them depending on what line of work you're in but for us in the cowboy world we call them a gunsel but anyway don't be a gunsel is it's a website started to uh started with the working cowboy who has a sense of humor in mind and they also have line of merch that you can buy uh they got some hats and some stickers and uh, a coffee mug uh, you can find them at Don't Be a Gunsel on Instagram and Facebook. And uh, if you go buy any of their merch, make sure you use the promo code Burning Daylight and get 10% off. It'll help them out. That'll help me out, and you get some cool shit for a little bit cheaper. And their prices are already pretty cheap. So go, I'll go check them out, support them, and uh, use the Burning uh, Burning Daylight promo code B U R N I N. D-A-Y-L-I-G-H-T. I uh, I spelled the daylight wrong yesterday because uh, I'm a fucking hand, that's why. But anyway, go check them out. Don't be a gunsel. One of the things that makes uh, this life that we live here punching cows in their mouth interesting is all the wrecks that are caused. And the, or that just happened organically, we should say. Because when you're dealing with cattle and horses, you're dealing with an animal that does not think logically. And, uh, and you have a hard time communicating with them verbally. So, you never really know what's going to happen. You can, you can learn to read just about everything that they're going to do, but you never really know what exactly is going to happen. And and so because of that, there there's always some sort of wreck that goes on, whether it's somebody's fault or not. This one time I'm going to tell you about was definitely the guy's fault. And uh, so let me tell you about old John. John is our loader operator, and he's an older fella. I think he's 62 or 63. About a year from retirement or so. Somewhere around in there, between a year and two years, something like that. From being fully retired. So his his main job is to run a front-end loader. And, you know, whether that be cleaning pins or picking up the deads or, you know, running an auger to... to set fence posts or whatever you know he's just he's an equipment operator by trade and and loader is is mostly what he ran but being this the small outfit that we are there's days where everybody has to help with cattle because we don't have a huge crew we don't have you know, we have our designated areas for the most part 
but it's uh, you kind of got to be a jack of all trades on the smaller outfit because you can't justify having a large amount of help and still be profitable. I mean, it just doesn't work. So there's days where our loader operator has to help process cattle or ship cattle or whatever, you know. <coughs> and that was one of those days. We just got a couple loads of steers in from Jordan Valley, Oregon, home of the, the Big Loop Rodeo. And we we received these steers, about 150 head altogether, and they were they were sure nice cattle, just uh, Charlotte cross for the most part. You know, there there was a handful of reds and uh, and blacks sprinkled in there. But by and large, they were a Charlotte cross of some sort. So like a yellow or reddish or even a gray, kind of smoky gray Charlotte is what they were. And they came off the desert. From what I understand, Jordan Valley, I don't, I imagine it's kind of like here in Nevada where the valley itself is pretty, it's pretty lush and green just because of a river running through it. But, you know, once you get outside the valley, it's pretty deserty. And you know, even in in the valley itself, in areas, you know, pretty much desert. And I think that's kind of how Jordan Valley is. So these these desert, and they look like desert cattle too. They, you know, even if you you didn't know what cattle looked like, you could look at those and say, yeah, that kind of. They probably came off the desert. You know, just just getting a look. I mean, they had ear marks and uh, chin waddles. Some of them had two chin waddles. You know, others just had one. The chin waddle. For the lay person is you take uh, you cut a little slice uh, on the bottom side of their neck and you just kind of you peel the skin back and let it hang and then it it, uh, it heals there upon itself you know and it and it just so then you just have a piece of skin hanging down from their neck and they call it a chin waddle or a neck waddle whatever uh, whatever same same thing anyway so these these were sure enough desert looking cattle. But they, so they, they moved. I mean, you didn't have to try, try very hard to get them to move. They, they, they'd step on out. But they, they weren't overly aggressive or wild. They were, they, they were a, a touch flighty, but nothing, nothing terrible. And uh, so we were running them through the chute to uh, just give them their receiving uh, processing, and that, so that consisted of a couple vaccines. Uh, injectable dewormer, uh, an oral drench dewormer, a back pour for lice, and uh, and a brand and an implant. And and we were just cruising right along. Uh, I was running the chute and giving implants. And for those of you who've processed, you, you know when when you're up around the chute, as long as the cattle keep coming and there's, you know, you let one out and here comes another one, you really pay almost no attention to what's going on in the back because you got a lot of shit going on around the chute and you got to pay attention to that too. So you never really notice what's going on in the back until you run out of cattle. And sure enough, we ran out of cattle and the guy that was given the brand was on the same size chute as I was, it was the left hip brand. And I look over, I look back at him, and um, you know I'm holding the shoot controls, and 
And he said, ah, I think you might need to go back there. I think, I think John just got mucked out. Oh, of course he did, because like Cardoza has a very hot temper and a very short fuse, and cattle tend to send a, set it off quicker than anything else. And he's, it started out as he really was just running the snake, or the lead up, whatever you want to call it, which is just a little narrow alley, uh, just wide enough for one animal to get through, and it's a little short section of alley that goes from the tub to the squeeze chute. And that was all he was doing, was just keeping cattle uh, moving to the front. That's what he's supposed to be doing. And then the guy, Cody, that I work with was running the tub. And neither one of them are very, you know, very adept at cattle handling. They're, they do okay, but they're not, they're not natural cattlemen, you know. And apparently Cody was taking too long for old John. And so John decided he needed to show a young whippersnapper what the fuck was up. So he steps in there, he takes the stock flag from Cody, which is just a whip with uh, without the, the loose end that pops, and instead of that it's got a flag on the end of it. So it's a, it's a rigid whip, and uh, or semi-rigid anyways, and uh, it's like a half chub. And, and it's got a flag on the end of it. So he's using that, and that apparently wasn't enough for him. But I'll, I'll get into that, and so anyway, I go back there, and and so I, I just said, of course he did, because it sounds exactly like something John would do. I get back there, and he is kind of halfway curled up in the fetal position, and it's not so much because, uh, you know, that he was knocked out, that he wasn't fully in the fetal position. I think he's just too old and uh, and stiff. To, to actually make it into the fetal position, otherwise he probably would have been there. <laughs> I said, well, damn it, John, if you wanted to go home that bad, you could have just asked. I mean, we probably would have let you go. You didn't have to get yourself knocked the fuck out in order to go home. And he goes, oh, fuck you, and he kind of laughed and went, oh, shit, don't make me laugh. <laughs> okay, looks like maybe you might have some broken ribs, so I'll try not to make you laugh. But it... He's also one of those characters that it, he just screams, give me shit. You know, just everything about him. Just You just think, man, I, I really ought to give this guy a hard time. Because for whatever reason, he just puts out that vibe. And he, and he takes it pretty well. He's pretty self-deprecating, and he'll give it back. And he, uh, so we, we, uh. We're checking him over. My sister-in-law, she comes back and said, John, do you know, or she said, do you know what your name is? And uh, and he said, well, yeah, I'm not the, I don't know what the fuck my name is. And she said, well, what is it? We didn't need to make sure you didn't, you know, do any damage to your head. And he said, well, it's John. Said, okay, that's good. And she said, do you know where you're at? And he said, well, I know I'm not in fucking Hawaii right now. <laughs> so we're like, okay, he's probably, he's got most of his wits about him at least. And, uh, so then he, we check him over and we figure, well, he might have a little bit of a concussion and, uh, he's probably got a broken rib or something because he was, he was in pretty good amount of pain and probably hit his, uh, Cody said he hit his head pretty hard too, it looked like, so, uh, we, and we decide we probably better get him to the ER so we can get him checked out, make sure no, no damage done and, uh. So, 
we get him loaded up. We had to we we laid him on a mechanic creeper, which you know those little those little carts that you lay down on to to get underneath the vehicle. Uh, that's what we had him on, and it reminded me of that scene in uh, Semi Pro where uh, where Will Ferrell gets knocked out or Jackie Moon he gets knocked out and. Uh, and his teammates carry him off the court, but they really just, they just grab a limb and, and like, kind of drag him off, and the announcer's like, and his, his teammates are doing just an awful job of supporting his spine, and that's exactly what I thought of the whole time we were carrying him out. And, uh, so Jen took him to the, to the ER, and the whole time he was there, I guess he was, he was worried about getting back at that red bitch that, that, that knocked him out. He said, is that red bitch with horns? I want a piece of that bitch." Okay, John, okay. And so, they, they get headed towards, towards town, and, uh, I, I asked Cody, so what the hell happened back there? And he said, well, he, uh, he said, you gotta get aggressive with him. I wasn't moving him fast enough. Said, well, we never ran out of cattle, so, uh, you know, your pace was fine. So I thought so, but John, John said, well, you gotta, you gotta get a little more aggressive with him sometimes. So he stepped in the tub with him, and Cody was just standing outside the tub gate, so he didn't get run over. A smart move. John gets in the tub, and, uh, he pretty quickly decides that the flag is no good, and then he, he decides that, uh, he is going to get serious. He, he, I'm going to show them fuckers I mean business. And so he grabs a rattle paddle, which is, it's a sort and stick with, uh, like a long, wide, thin, hollow piece of plastic. Uh, and then there's some, like, beads and shit in the middle. So when you shake it, it makes noise. It's good, pretty effective making cattle move. But he is not trying to make them move like that. He, uh, he is using this rattle paddle much like a baseball bat or a golf club and just swinging for the fences and accomplishing nothing because th- these steers were pushing 800 pounds and they uh, <laughs> they it was you might as well have been they've been swatting a, a mosquito or something when we, when we tag them with one of those those sorting sticks I mean it, it really didn't do much damage or any damage at all I, they barely felt it and uh well sure enough he gets too close and this little this little red steer with uh with little little short horns just der- double barreled him just knocked him off his feet both both hawks right to the chest and you could see just perfect hoof imprint on his vest <laughs> afterwards and uh, that steer proceeded to stomp on him a couple times as as he ran by. Really did a pretty good number on him. And uh, <laughs> so John John's laying there, just cussing this red son bitch that he he's gonna get a piece of him. So when that one finally came through, and he ended up being the last one through the the shoot. I mean, he was, sure enough was kind of a counterfeit piece of shit. And uh, we we tipped the horns on him. And I kept a little chunk of horn for him, and it was right before Christmas when this happened, so I, I kept it, and I got a little wood burning set at the house, and I, I took a wood burner and 
and uh, put red some bitch on there, and we gave it to him for Christmas. And I, I hope he keeps it till he dies. I thought that was a pretty, pretty hilarious little deal. And uh, he he took it well. I mean, he, I'd say he's he's fun to give shit to, but mostly because he's uh, he takes it very well. And but that guy cannot hardly go a day without just wrecking into something or just fucking himself up somehow and uh i think everybody who's, who's worked on a ranch or a feedlot knows those type of people they're just they can't help themselves well i believe that will do it for me today covered some pretty funny shit made myself laugh i don't know if you guys laughed i hope so if not i laughed and that's all that matters so I'm going to call it good there. we got the Democratic uh, presidential debates coming up uh, tomorrow and Wednesday. All uh, 74,000 candidates up all on the stage. I, I think they capped it at 20, so they're going to do 10 tomorrow night and 10 win, uh, Thursday night. So I'm going to... I thought about doing a live stream of it, but I didn't want it to get boring. So I'm just going to... I'm going to watch and comment as I go just to see if there's anything worth uh, worth capturing there. And if there is, I'll uh, I'll release it the next day in addition to my my normal burning daylight podcast. So this will be my my political takes. And uh, and there may not be anything there. And if that's the case, I just won't won't put anything out, but I I would bet you there's going to be some comedy gold that happens on uh, on Wednesday and Thursday night because every one of these candidates is trying to out left wing next and it should be good just the, the sheer stupidity that comes out of these people so buckle up for that but on that note I'm going to call her good uh, thanks again everybody for your support and uh, feedback input uh, keep it up Share the show, tell your friends, tell your enemies, I don't care who, just tell them. Uh, go find me on Facebook, uh, Matt McKinley, uh, at Burning Daylight, and the Burning Daylight page on Facebook, at Burning Daylight on Instagram, at Micker Mac on, uh, on Twitter and Instagram for my personal pages, and uh, yeah, I'm going to go figure out what I can fuck up next, so move your ass for burning daylight. I would like to, before I close out for good today, uh, I really need to give a just a huge shout out to my two main support beams, I, I guess you could call them, even though my wife ain't very much of a beam, she's pretty short. Uh, so... She'd be like my support hitching post, maybe. Snubbing post. Uh, anyway, uh, she, she's been really great. Uh, my cousin Robbie has... They've provided me with some excellent feedback and just just really supported, supportive all the way through this deal. And, uh, and I, I, it means a lot. I, I wouldn't be doing it without, uh, without my wife, for sure. It was her idea that I should do it and she I, I told her what 
what I was doing, she was like, fucking finally. I've only been saying this for, for years now. Uh, and then Robbie was like, yep, yep, I can see the market. It's needed, so do it. And so thanks to my wife for giving me support, Robbie too. And, and uh, I apologize to my wife for spending so many nights out on the recliner trying to, trying to make a quality product. And I usually fall asleep in the middle of it. Or, uh, you know, or have one too many whiskey drinks and, and, uh, while I'm celebrating some of the success we've had. And anyway, I apologize for, uh, for all the nights out on the, on the recliner, but thanks again. Uh, love you both. And I love all you listeners out there. That it really means a lot to me. So thanks for, thanks for everything. And I promise I'm done for the day this time. Adios.